Thank you so very much. So um, we are continuing our systematic look at the fourth to the ninth chapters of the book of Genesis, a series that we've titled Floods and Gates. And prior to our break for Palm and Easter Sundays, we left Noah, his wife, their sons, their wives, and a whole ark full of animals um, just just navigating, uh, not navigating, they weren't navigating, but, but in the middle of um, a storm, no rudder, no mass, no sail, no steering mechanism of any type, and just, I guess, spoiler alert, uh, they're still there. You know, they're, they're, they're still there here in this eighth chapter. Uh, so today we begin at the first verse of the eighth chapter, and we read, But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down. I like how the, the message version, again, not word for word, thought for thought. So the message version of the text reads, Then God turns his attention to Noah and all the wild animals and farm animals with him on the ship. God caused the wind to blow and the floodwaters to begin to go down. The underground springs were shut off, the windows of heaven closed, and the rain quit. Inch by inch, the water lowered. After 150 days, the worst was over. Um, the message version and other versions, they do, a, I believe, a better job of, of conveying what's happening. God turned his attention to Noah. You know, the NIV said, God remembered Noah. It's, it's not that God was so preoccupied with other things that were going on, and it's like, oh, man, I forgot about Noah. Let me, let me, uh, let me get around to him now. As one theologian put it, God had not forgotten Noah during the flood. Here, memory is just not, is, is not just a mental event that happens to the mind. Instead, it is a deliberate decision by God to act for the sake of Noah and the remnant of the new creation hidden in the ark. So what he's saying? What I'm saying is God is not and cannot be overwhelmed by the goings-on of his creation. We like to say we can walk and chew gum. God can do that and more. Uh, what the writer is letting us know, you look at the text, what the writer is letting us know is, is, is at this point of God's response to the overwhelming wickedness that had been going on in the world, this was the time that God purposely act. It's like, now. Now. Now is the time. So your homework, yeah, it starts early. Your homework is to reread the seventh chapter of the book of Genesis. 
Reread the seventh chapter of the book of Genesis. Please do that. Uh, the focus of the seventh chapter and of God's attention was securing Noah, Noah's wife, their sons, their wives, and a whole bunch of animals uh, into a vessel before he wipes out everything outside of the ark. So if there's one thing uh, my faith, our faith, your faith should let you know is that God, in addition to being all-powerful, he's also all-knowing. I know, I know, he's just like, God knows my heart. Don't say that so fast, you know? It's like, he knows your heart. And it ain't good. <laughs> it ain't good. Oh, if you only knew my heart. Why, so I could vomit? No, that's, that's, that, no. No. Just because we don't see things happening doesn't mean that God is unaware of what's going on. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean that God is just somehow, oh, he, he must have missed that. Or just because we don't see it doesn't mean that things aren't happening in background. Again, it's like the computer. There's a lot of stuff on your computer is happening in the background. You don't even know about it. You know, and if you've, if you've, if you've been wise enough to uh, do those automatic updates, the, your, your, your system is being updated and you don't even know about it. Um, <laughs> we're limited both in our ability to know the future and our ability to handle the future. We are limited both by our ability to know the future and if we did know the future, our ability to handle it. Just think about the things that have transpired in your life. Just, just go back maybe a month. Uh, but go back several years, and it's like, boy, if I had known that, you know what I'd have done? I'd have gone into the corner, balled up in a fetal position, and not come out. I don't want to deal with what's coming up. Um, I know, I know. We, that's, well, what's I got to do with everything today? I'm not talking about necessarily eschatologically. We have the book of Revelation for that. But I'm talking about temporally. Uh, Jesus reminds us, it's all we can do to deal with the things of today. It's all we can do to deal with the things of today. But here in the text, God calls time on the destruction and cause, the text says, the wind, the ruha, his spirit to move across. Just like, again, the, the parallels are obvious and intentional. Genesis 1-2, where the spirit of God moved across the waters prior to creation. Now the Spirit of God is moving across the, the waters here in the, in the faucets from above and below. They've been turned off. And as an echo to the 150 days of flooding at the end of chapter 7, God allows 150 days of nothing, so to speak. 150 days of flooding, 150 days of nothing. And again, I don't know why this is, it's just, just, it's remarkable to me. He's on this vessel with Mrs. Noah, their sons, their wives, and wild animals, text calls out wild animals, and livestock. And again, this image is just monkeys just swinging from the chandeliers. It's just, just, just didn't have chandeliers. I didn't even say play with me. It's just like, yeah. Uh, 
150 days. Okay, it, it, it stopped raining. See, when you're in the 149th day, you don't know the 150 day. You don't know the, the 150th is coming. You're in the middle of it. I, I don't know. I don't know, Mrs. Noah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He's like, A hundred and fifty days. I, it had you know it had to stink in there. I mean, I'm serious. It's just like I just you think it through. I'm in this container, this vessel. No rudder, no mast, no wheel, no nothing. I'm sitting around bobbing like a car, uh, a cork on top of the wall. I just nothing as far as I can see. Just water. What in the world are we doing here? <laughs> I, yeah, I know, you guys, it's like, so you're so holy. You, you, see, that's the problem. It's like, we know the story. And so we, we, we know this, and we know it all worked out. Well, how about you? How about you where you're at? Not tomorrow, right now. It's going to work out, right? Oh, Lord, oh, gee. I'm, I'm day 119 right now. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm at. Uh, there's something uneasy that, that, that with, with us as humans, it's uneasy about the quiet. We don't like quiet. We don't like quiet when we're in the car. Why? You automatically flip on your radio. You do. Don't look at me. Oh, I don't do that. Yes, you do. You get in the car and you turn on the radio. You come home, you turn on the TV. Well, I'm not watching it. I just need some noise. I'm talking about that noise. Well, when you, what about when you don't hear God speaking to you? You don't, you don't hear nothing. Oh, he's always talking. Well, you ain't been in my address from time to time. I don't hear any. You don't read. Look at the text. God doesn't have to. There's no reason to. He didn't say, "Okay, Noah, here we're at. Here we're at. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you the breakdown, boy. Uh, this is this is where we're at. This is where we're going. Nothing. 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 It's on a boat with Mrs. Noah, three boys, three wives, and a boatload of animals." And God ain't saying nothing to you. I know. Oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, right. You guys, you just, whatever. Um, no, you're going to be on dry land soon. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, just, just hang in there, boy. It's going to be okay. He didn't say that. He's trusting God. In the quiet. <laughs> Noah's better than me. He's better than you, too. So don't think it's like, oh, yeah, I'm right there with Noah. No, you're not. Just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. There's a reason he's listed in Hebrews 11. We call that the roll call of faith, right? The message version of the seventh verse of the 11th chapter reads like this. By faith, Noah built a ship. In the middle of dry land. 
Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. Now is not the time to exegete the text, but it's worth knowing, noting that it was Noah's faith, his righteousness, that separated him from his peers. And as a result, God saved the world, and instead of completely destroying it, he used him as a semi-quasi-new Adam. So I was preparing this message yesterday, uh, finishing up portions of this. It just struck me. It just, maybe it, maybe it strikes you the same way. That Noah was enough. Didn't strike you the same way, obviously. <laughs> Noah was enough. Noah was not perfect. He couldn't walk on water. He needed a boat, too. Uh, but who Noah was, his faith, it was enough. Okay, so I know you're going to ask me, uh, what do you mean? Uh, he was enough. Um, Noah was enough. I'm going to ask you, are you enough? Are you enough? You guys are looking at me strange. I just, that's all right. Are you enough? Are you enough? Am I enough for God to look down, assess the situation, and say, so to speak, I see you. I see your faith. I see you are doing things that are pleasing even though you don't and can't have absolute knowledge and understanding of what's going on, but that's enough. Is it enough? Uh, what are you saying? What I'm saying is self-doubt is a thing. You know, that's what the youth would say. Well, it's a thing. It's a thing. Self-doubt is a thing. How many times have you looked at a situation and concluded, I'm not enough. I, I, I can't do this. I'm not enough. Uh, there's a song, I can't think of the title, should have looked it up, Sister Jones, Donnie McClurkin, uh, he, was, he was singing a song, and he, he just sang, before he even sung the song, he said over and over and over, it's in, and he was asking the audience, asking himself with, respond, with respect to God, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you have enough trust in me? to do the things that I'm wanting to do, but I need you to trust me. We talked about the guy in the wheelbarrow going over Niagara Falls and all of that, but, but here's my question. Are you enough? Are you, is your faith enough? Are you enough? Are you willing enough to build an ark in the middle of dry land? 
well, I'm so glad God didn't ask me to build a boat in the middle of the, uh, the, the dry land. And what I'm not talking about that. You know I'm not talking about that. What's your dry land? Some of y'all are pretty dry right now. I'm just saying. Spiritually dry. You're dry. Your relationship is dry. Your job is dry. Your relationship with your kids is dry. It's dry. You gonna build a boat in the middle of dry land? Are you gonna trust me to build the boat in the middle of dry land? You gonna trust me? It's like we won't even get in a canoe if it's sitting there. And, 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 and God has told Noah, build an ark, there's gonna be a flood. Okay, let me go do it. And God is saying, trust me. Trust me, you're enough. Trust me, to do what? To do what I say. What are you gonna say? What do you want me to do? Do what I say. Well, what did I, show me. You know, a lot of us are Gideon. I want the fleece wet and the ground dry. I want the drowned ground wet and I want the fleece dry. And then maybe I'll trust you. And it's like, no, 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 you, no, you ain't ready. You can't handle this. And then we wonder why we're spiritual pygmies uh, when it comes to things like this. But why can't I just get it together? You don't trust. You don't trust. Oh, pastor, you're just breaking it down so mean. It says, I, it's either you trust or you don't. Either you believe or you don't. Are you willing to build an ark in the middle of dry land? Well, I'm, I'm glad. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty moist right now where I'm like, look, the, 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 part, the, the parching, uh, the sun, the scorching sun is coming. If it hasn't come to you, it's coming. It's going to happen. Life is going to happen. You're going to be in the middle of a desert, and God's going to say, build an ark. I need you to build an ark to save you and those around you. Uh, let me break it down even more, more specifically. This is, my, this is my absolute favorite verses in the whole Bible. Is it's what my, uh, my father would always conclude at the end of a very long prayer at breakfast. I want to eat. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yes, yes, yes. Don't depend on your own understanding. Yes, yes. If you would just acknowledge me. That's, don't just say, oh yeah, I believe in God. No, that, that's so did the devil. It's just like, no, no. Acknowledge me to the point where you will put your absolute trust in me. Not your knowledge, skills, and ability. See, that's what Pastor Campbell has always said. He said, the problem with modern Christianity is that we've learned it. We're so smart. We know the handshakes. We know the greetings. I'm blessed and highly favored. We can, we can, we can go, we can do the spiritual hickory dickory dot. And, 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 and we're just dying inside. Because we haven't opened up to him, not to others, but, but it's like I peeped your cards. Why do I know that? Because you've thrown the cards at me, Pastor. It's like, you know what? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? You might be, you built the ark. You're bobbing along like a cork on top of water, not a mountain in sight. And it's day 83. Do you trust me? Well, I don't know. 
don't know about this trust thing. Let me, uh, can you see Noah? I just, I, I don't know, I got this image. It's like, oh, uh, let me go grab a baboon and let me ride him and we, we, we go, we go, <laughs> we go pedal off and go, go find something and do something. It's just like, no, you're here. You're here and it's quiet. As a result, you read the text. Noah became intimate with God. Intimate with God. Verse 4, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. And uh, on the seventh day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month. And on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountain became visible. A lot of commentaries and a lot of speakers, and you probably wish you were with one right now, they talk about, you know, you start trying to knit together the months and the days, and I'm, you know, did you know that there's 5.2 million angels that can dance on the top of a pin, and it's like, I don't care. I don't care. So what are we to glean from all of this? There's a bit of wordplay. It's kind of cute, actually. Uh, Noah, whose name means rest, rests on the top of a mountain range called Ararat. It's kind of cute. Um, rest finds rest. Uh, I don't know what your mama named you. Trouble? <laughs> Fretful? Pain in the butt? No, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I don't know what your mama named you. <laughs> rest found rest. Rest found rest. What are we to make of all this? I like how one theologian writes, the statement that God remembered Noah is the turning point of the whole flood narrative marking the triumph of mercy over judgment. Mercy over judgment. What I deserve is judgment. What God gives me is mercy. Noah wasn't perfect. He needed an ark. He needed saving. See, see, Noah was enough. It was enough. Um, the time of destructive cleansing is over, and now there's a time of rest. I'm closing. Uh, in all of this, in all of this, there is no record of God giving or needing to give Noah a cruise itinerary. You know, you guys been on that, you know, uh, been on those cruises, you know, uh, the, the celebrity or whatever. They give you this nice little piece of paper every every morning, uh, or usually in the evening for the next day. Uh, you could, you know, this is what you could do on board. This is what you could do on shore. This is what we're going to be serving. This is it, and it's like I can plan my day around that. <laughs> I can plan my day around that. God doesn't give Noah not one itinerary. I'm bringing the animals to you. Build this thing. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to cause it to rain. 
I'm going to cause it to stop. Your job is? We had a few years ago in our, our leadership conference, the theme was, do one thing well. I could spiritually do one thing well. Charlize, as you pick the college, do one thing well. Trust that God has got the college for you. Just one thing, just all you have to do is one thing. Just one thing. For those of you who are struggling in your marriage, you know who you are. You just have one thing to do. Will you trust me to build that ark in the middle of your dry, tall up, messed up marriage? Will you trust me? Those of us that have gone through it with Janine, you know you, you, just, you just grieve, your heart breaks. I, I lost my child. I just, will you trust me that I will bring the healing to your life? Just, 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 just trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. That's all we have to do. That's a big ask. Really? How many, before you sat in that chair, inspected your chair and said, I'm not sure this chair is going to hold me up. I put on a few pounds this week. Not one of you. Not one person. You just sat your butt on the chair and it held you up. God is saying, trust me more than the chair. Trust me more than the chair. Trust me more than your boo. Trust me more than your job. Trust me more than your job. Trust, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. That's it. I'm done. Our Father, our God, I just say thank you. So simple, but the Father just seems so beyond our grasp because we want to trust a friend. We want to trust our job. We want to trust our, our knowledge, skills, and abilities. We want to trust the hookups. We want to, we want to, and all you're saying is, trust me. trust in you. I've tried everything else, including myself, and I let myself down. Father, I trust you. I love you. I bow my heart to you. Mold us, shape us into your perfect image so we can be about your business. 
in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, we ask it all. Let every heart say, Amen. Let's stand. Let's go home. I will trust in the Lord until I die. See, it's nothing like the, the, the old... Uh, They understood because when laws fail you,